Welcome to Thriving the Future podcast, where we're finding positive solutions to thrive in the tough times ahead. Episode 14, A Perfect Day. Okay, welcome back to Thriving the Future podcast. So in episode five, we talked about designing an intentional life and what does that look like. Um, Some of the steps in there were to define and ask yourself questions on what does your perfect day look like? What's your values? We we talked a little bit about some of the one word values and then how does that support and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things we wanted to come back to that we'll come back to in this episode is what does our perfect day look like? We covered it a little bit on the blog, but, uh, so as a follow up, so, what's yeah, your thoughts so, on so, that? So, so I, I, I'm going to point out that this is one of those things that changes because mm-hmm. I change, things change. Um, I've had to rethink my perfect day. Mm-hmm. My dog died. Mm. My dog was a part of my perfect day before. Right. Is not. You can run into that several times, so you have to rethink your perfect day. Yep. So my perfect day, and I think from what well, we talk, from looking at your perfect day and several versions of it, you can actually start to pick out what are the things that are the key parts of a perfect day for yourself. Mm-hmm. So I think my perfect day would start with not having to jump out of bed right away. I like to lay there 10, 15 minutes awake, but not doing anything, not thinking, not just that. Hmm. So that would okay. be how my perfect day would start. Then, you know, your morning stuff, like going to the bathroom, that kind of stuff, followed by uh, a time for prayer, meditation, and a little bit of reading with devotions and that. Mm-hmm. Then going and making a cup of tea. And then, you know, depending on the season, right? Because if it's spring and summer, I'd be in a garden. Right. Going to get breakfast, you know, some lettuce, some kale, uh, whatever is, you know, in season. If it's winter, then maybe that's going through a greenhouse. And then, you know, wandering through and, you know, doing some of those morning chores, like knowing what I've got to weed, noting that this needs attention and that's going to need water and later in the day, getting those things and going back to the house making breakfast, having breakfast, then sitting down and doing emails and chats and all that communication stuff that you got to do in the morning. Sure. Then back out to the garden to do the weeding, to clean up, you know, take care of chickens, any of those chore things. Knowing that later in the day, I'm going to interact with people. Because hmm. I, I like a morning that's quiet and slow. Sure. And um, so you you got that. So so be doing that, and then you know, afternoon, um, serious work stuff like writing from writing an article or um, fixing a computer problem or researching a new one because that's a big thing is researching a new one, and then sometime after that going for a walk, a mile or two either around the property or down the street or whatever. Sure. And then a conversation with somebody in the evening and then back through the garden to pick stuff for making dinner, dinner, and then just so you pick, reading uh, and thinking. So you pick um, 
stuff live right there and then and then take it right in and cook it or process it or whatever. I, right? I prefer to do that, right? I mm -hmm. prefer that foraging, picking close to live and fresh as possible sure, sure. to harvested two days ago. Mm -hmm. yeah, and if I have the gardens myself, I can do that. Right, and the enzymes start breaking down as soon as you pick it. So, you know, the stuff you're buying at the store is several weeks old. And even if you picked it two days ago, well, it has it, a different... It, but it's also every day, mm -hmm. it will taste different. Right. When you watered it, temperatures, weather, and all that will change all of the flavor of like a lettuce or a kale mm -hmm. or your peppers or your tomatoes, whether it gets refrigerated or not, how long it is till refrigeration, you know, same thing with your root crops, like your radishes and your turnips and your beets and those, right? Right. And I like that variation. Mm-hmm. And your herbs will do it too when they're in flower, when they're not in flower early in the morning with dew, early in the morning after frost, all those change. And I like that constant change and that actually adds more nuance to even the exact same meal, you know? So some eggs with mushrooms and thyme mm -hmm. is different day to day because the thyme is different. The chickens are eating different things. And I like that nuance, but it helps connect me with that flowing time. Mm-hmm. But it also keeps gardening from being, okay, I'm going to harvest 100 foot of tomatoes today, and that's going to be the tomatoes for this week, right? Mm. I, I've done it for the market garden thing, and it's okay in that context, right? But what I really like is that slow wandering through, weeding some weeds, getting the stuff, and then the, the change in flavor. Sure. That you just start to pick up on. Mm-hmm. And... I think that's what really what it is. Is that that that, that is the, the real key to that perfect day is that I like to forage more than I like to garden. I don't want it to be a business. So design your garden sort of like a uh, grocery store. It also model. means a lot of successive plantings, right? Mm -hmm. Where I plant lettuce this week, I plant lettuce next week, I plant. You know, yeah. And then in the summer you're skipping some, or you're planting right. it more often. But right. everything so goes in a small succession. It, yeah, yeah. So session makes them all come at it gives you a constant crop all the way through instead of uh instead of them all peaking at the same time and then you can yeah and then you're you've you've extended your season out right right and, and, and you know you still got a big haul harvest harvest because mm -hmm. you're going to get through winter and the time of not growing right and I, I would love to have a greenhouse that i could just go through for the greens and a few things herbs and stuff every morning and afternoon or evening mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that um, but what I noticed when I did that, right, because I've done this several times, was I always come back to that foraging over gardening, so I need to redesign my gardens different. Hmm. Right? My perfect day says that I don't want to garden all day every day. Right. I want to forage. It also says that I like a slow, quiet morning, because I've noticed that every single time it is I want to spend 10 to 15 minutes in bed with no interruption, at least, right? Sure. And then I want my time of devotion, which is kind of extending that, right? I don't want that intellectual interruption. I don't want the emotional interruption. I don't want other people's agenda. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And I always want time to read. Well, if you do gardening the way most people do, right, where you do a whole bunch on the weekends because that's when you're free. Right. Then you don't have the time to read. But I like to read a little bit every day. Mm -hmm. I like the thinking and the reflection type because that's what works for me. Sure. And so 
every time I design my perfect day, that comes in there. So I've got a list of key aspects from my perfect days that I did as I did it this last time. Foraging over harvesting, slow, quiet mornings, prayer meditation, time to read. I like to explore, play, and have the curiosity. I like to go for that hike in the afternoon or that walk in the afternoon. I like to research that new computer problem, right? Mm-hmm. But I also like to batch things, if you noticed, because I want to do all my email and chat review in the morning. I don't want to do that in the evening. Sure. In the evening, I want to be reading, thinking, going to sleep. Yeah. Not riling myself up and doing it. And so I've thought that I need to move Twitter to the morning. <laughs> I usually do Twitter after dinner. Uh-huh. And I went, oh, but everything else I'm doing over here. So I need to move Twitter to the morning. I need to move what other that type of stuff I'm doing to the morning. Uh-huh. And then, you know, I've got it designed so that I get notifications when important people, not, not important's the wrong word. Um, key people you're following. Key people that I'm communicating with, mm-hmm. like you. Your private message with me on Telegram causes a notification sound. Oh, okay. My group chats, other than, I think, two don't they just put up a silent notification so my phone doesn't go ding or my laptop doesn't sure, go sure. ding right um my sister's one of those people um the people with the journal and our chat for organizing the publication those people have the ability to interrupt my day because they have problems that need to be dealt with in a timely matter because it's like business right business but you got to create hours for that too right right so i think that that's what i have learned from doing the My Perfect Day exercise. And the thing that really stuck out to me is every time I've asked, like you started with, I don't want to get yelled at today at work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I started there several years ago, right? So I've mm-hmm. done this many times. Sure. I noticed that mine got longer. And while the words are shorter, the pictures that go through my head as I'm talking are huge. Hmm. I'm not explaining the kitchen I see. I am not explaining the garden I see. I am not explaining the greenhouse I see. But those details start to fill in, and I can go, okay, that's where my perfect day is, and this isn't that. So how do I get to that? Well, my garden needs to be redesigned. Right. I need to rethink how I'm going to do a greenhouse. Mm-hmm. I need to rethink you know, th- th- those things in pieces. I think that's how you start to get to that intentional life. Right. Because I've, I've, I've determined what it is that's perfect for me. What is it that I really want? Now I can ask myself, well, how do you get a greenhouse that grows greens through the winter? Or herbs? Or... Which is a different question than I want a greenhouse. Yeah, definitely. Because I want a greenhouse, I want to sprout stuff in the spring, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe I actually need two. Because those are different. Right. And each one could be smaller that way. Mm-hmm. This is my spring greenhouse. This is my fall greenhouse. The, 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 I, I don't know. I'm thinking about it. Right. Are you still using the... Uh, the um, the cold box? frame. Yeah, the yeah. cold frame. I like the cold frame. Mm-hmm. It kind of works. I Maybe I need a couple more of those for mm-hmm. spring, right? They also do good fall extension. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I... I I'm not sure what that's going to look like yet. This, this yeah, is did the frost uh, blast those yet? Yeah. They, th- that one there doesn't work really well for that. I think if I was going to 
do one for more frost protection, you need, you need to surround it like with hay bales or yeah. you need to dig it down. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. which might be what I do next is... Yeah, I don't know. I always think that if you dig it down, you're counterproductive because you're now cutting off that low-lying sun, right? I, I think it needs to be done correctly more like a berm house is done mm-hmm. than a complete you know sink it sure more like build it into a bank of dirt so yeah. that it's got like on three sides and you've or got at least that straw or, right yeah or something yeah mm-hmm. but yeah yeah no. the greens in my greenhouse are are blasted the kale is holding on and right. so but if, if you design for a winter greenhouse mm-hmm. for our area you're going to use some kind of geothermal. You're going right. to use some kind of heat source in there, whether it's a rocket mass heater or that. So, so it's a completely different thing than sprouting. You can probably do some sprouting of plants in there, but once you've built it that way, you've got you've got summer and it, it's just a yeah. I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet. But that that was one of my latest ones. Is I don't have a greenhouse that I can do that, but that's always an inclusion in my perfect day. So I'm, I'm going to work to that one. Yeah. The greenhouse I have gets too hot in the summertime. It's good for moringa, that mm-hmm. that uh, dwarf moringa. That's the tropical plant. I mean, that thing grew six feet in the greenhouse over the summertime. What? Oops. And you can peel it off, and the and the leaves have uh, really high protein, and it was really good in salad. But there was nothing else that would grow in there. Once it got right, you almost need a shake cloth or yeah. That's what I think I'm going to try this year is um, put shake cloth up over it. And, and see, in a winter that. greenhouse, what you almost need are some kind of shutter system mm-hmm. to enclose it at night. Right. I've been looking, I've been thinking about garage doors well, and how they go up and down, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't looked too far, but they've got like the security gates that kind of go through those, like at the mall, you know, they've got like the garage door thing that comes down and they got that. Right. Is there anything that would keep me from having a set of glass doors? With a garage door that comes out of the... So, so it's a garage door that's made completely of glass for the mm-hmm. greenhouse. And the garage door that comes down over the top of that that's solid and insulated. So sort of for like... Winter, in the evening. So sort of like at um, the um, at the restaurants that have open patio. Yeah. And they have a glass garage door that goes up. Right. That they that they let up when it's warm. Right. Right. So I, I don't think they have that over there where your where your sister works, but no. I've seen seen no. that several places in uh, in town. Right. And, so uh, so, so may, or maybe it's just a glass wall with a garage door that comes out mm-hmm. over the top of it that's insulated that then helps hold that heat in overnight. Right. Right. Interesting. I don't know. I didn't think about it more. Yeah. Yeah. The garage door has quite a bit of um, infrastructure that's necessary there. So. Right, and maybe it needs to be a sliding door like on a barn. Interesting ideas. Wow. So what's your perfect day look like in the evening then? It's it's reading? I think it's either reading or... Accelerating, right? Either that or talking to someone. They both mm-hmm. do the same thing for me, right? right? Reading gives me new ideas. Sure. Having conversations with people allows me to think through those ideas. Mm-hmm. To express those ideas, to hear them, because sometimes I need to hear it to go, okay, that was really dumb. <laughs> or, oh, that's more brilliant than I thought, and there's another aspect. But when you discuss somebody with some something with somebody, 
you also get another perspective on the thing you're doing. But yeah, so, so I think my perfect day has a lot of reflection time in it that I do not currently have. Yeah, and that's one of the problems is everybody fills their day up with stuff. And, that, and that's, why, that's why and this year I'm going to work on doing less. Mm-hmm. Everybody goes, so what's the new project you're going to do this year? What's the new thing you're going to explore this year? And I keep saying doing less. You know, one thing I did last year was that I actually overplanted everything. Mm-hmm. So not only did I did I have cover crops, but I like planted everything really close. Yeah, and uh, you know that took care of a lot of the weeds. It also choked some other stuff out, and we had unintended consequences. But you know, for the most part, I had a much more productive garden. And then yeah. it, um, like uh, some of the tatsoi greens, extended farther into the into the summer, summer than they would have normally because they were partially shaded out by something else. And those you can actually kind of succession plant. Mm-hmm. Unlike spinach, which needs 50 degrees or whatever to germinate, right. the tatsoi will actually germinate Yeah, I plan going into summer. You can actually get a, yeah, because yeah, I like those a whole lot. They're, uh, they're really good either, um, either stir-fried or fresh, right? So, sure. yeah. And I like those quite a bit. But yeah, so that I'm going to do more of that this year. And then just designing my life around, um, you know, since I work from home, then go out, make sure to go out for 20 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever. Mm -hmm. Water the garden, walk through the garden, and then you start to see those little nuances of, you know, hey, wait, that looks different today. Right. You know, oh, wow, this looks, you know, or... There was a melon that was up underneath something, and I didn't see it because it was overgrown. Right. And, uh, oh, now I see it. So, you know, I'm going to have melon for lunch, right? Right. And things like that. And and just the, the, the mental cleansing that that happens in the middle of the day is important. It, it is a refocusing. Right, yeah. Um. W- w- it's one of the things I've done is looked up the definition of intentional. And, and one of my favorite parts of that was, um, looking for it here. Ah, the object for which prayer, mass, or a pious act is offered. Really? Wow. And then there was one about att- attention. Uh, a concept considered as the product of attention directed to an object of knowledge, but prayer is a focusing of attention, right? And those breaks, and that not I'm doing garden work, I'm weeding, I'm harvesting, and I'm bringing it in. But that foraging thing breaks up and refocuses your attention to what you actually value over all that interaction you're getting all day from coworkers or right. other people because they're constantly going this is the most important thing and we have to have it done we have to have it done by four and we got to have this done by next week and this has got to do that and we got a hundred man hours and this needs to be done in two days right mm-hmm. and then you're trapped in that and you're not in your intention right. and your value system because mm-hmm. your attention is on everybody else's stuff and those breaks help you go well that's not actually my purpose yeah, and it also resets it as what's important to me, right? Right. So, you know, the job is a necessary evil or means to an end. I wouldn't say it's an evil, but, you know, it, it's, a, it's a means to an end, right? And uh, if I wasn't getting paid, 
I wouldn't do it. And if I didn't do it, they wouldn't pay me. So, you know, that's... <laughs> and the question becomes... That's pretty straightforward. And, and the question is, how do I get my life to a place where I don't need them to pay me? Right, right. Ultimately, yeah, that's important. Not ultimately. See, that, that, that's what a lot of people do, right? I am going to work this job mm -hmm. to pay off the mortgage. Sure. And when I paid off the mortgage, I will do this, right? Right. That's toolbox fallacy. Yeah, true. The mortgage is standing in the way of my doing the other thing. Yeah. And the question is, how do I, how do I reorient needs, wants, and everything so that the mortgage is not the thing that has to be done for the job, right? Or or whatever that is. You know, it could be many things, right? Yeah, that goes College back to money, or that goes to our back to our friend Shudra's laws, right? Eliminate personal debt, mm -hmm. grow your own food, develop your side hustle, and explore non-fiat means of exchange. Have you figured out what your ultimate form of debt is that's keeping you in trouble yet? Uh, well, the ultimate form is the mortgage, the one that is what? Hmm. You're shaking your head. Okay. Taxes. Oh, taxes, yeah. If I don't pay the property tax, I lose the house. If I don't pay the income tax, they come and get me. Mm -hmm. I have to have the income to pay the tax. Right. I'm indebted before I started bringing in the income. Sure. Yeah, that's true. But this, that, that is the big one that no one seems to address. I'm sure Shudra addresses it because, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to get lectured. I know. Yeah. And, uh, and it'll be tweeted. That's know, cool. And, ha and half of it is is the fact that they take all that stuff out, right? They take out that with the mortgage as part of the escrow. They take out that with the withholding for the the wage, right? Mm -hmm. So it's you're right. It's not right in your The question in is... Your mind. How do I meet my needs, provide for some of my wants, mm -hmm. and not need to be in the tax system? Okay. Then you have eliminated your personal debt. And that's thriving. Because somebody else is no longer setting where my attention goes. Uh-huh. They've determined what job I have to have because they're going to take X amount of it because I need that to survive. Mm -hmm. And they're going to take that X amount, so I've got to work this job so that I can get the part that I need to do my needs. Damn. But if you're not careful, you've got everybody directing your attention all day. Mm -hmm. And you confuse your wants and your needs. And you can and that that, that grows and grows and grows and grows, right? Right. So, so, so it's, yeah. And you can offset some of that with your side hustle. You know, if you're being legit, then you can, you know, like what Spirko say that you, you go from spending what's left to spending up front, and then taxing. I know what's guys left. that don't work ever. Yeah, I know. Because they've eliminated their personal debt. Mm-hmm. And everybody says, when I pay off my mortgage, I'm going to be like that guy. Right. Not completely, because you still owe property tax. This toolbox fallacy. When I've paid off my mortgage, I will do that. Mm-hmm. The question is not... The question is, how do I do that now, even with the mortgage? Or how do I do that and eliminate the mortgage? Right. One way you can do that, 
This depends on property and all kinds of other things, right? But you could build yourself a tiny house. Sure. Live in the tiny house and make somebody else pay the mortgage with rent on the main house. Hmm. Okay. Right? Yeah. That is sort of a business. It's sort of a side hustle. There is some taxable there, but it's very, very small. Or do the opposite. You build a tiny house out on the back 40 and uh, rent it out. That's what... uh, It won't pay the same. I know. I'm just saying that it's not necessarily all or nothing. It's it's not necessarily all or nothing, but that is a way around it. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be the tiniest tiny house either. I mean, we can make it a... You know, if you don't have kids, it's you and your wife, right? If you don't have... Right? That, that That's an option. Right. Mm-hmm. But it rearranges the whole thing. I'm no longer waiting for the mortgage to be paid off to live my perfect day. The key is getting enough details into that perfect day thing over and over and over, that exercise, so that you can go, this is the key thing, this is a key thing, this is a key thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then how do I get to the key things and how do I do it now? Right. Good stuff. Okay, any parting thoughts? Start designing your perfect day and cramming as many details in there and redo it and redo it and redo it and look at it in the spring, the summer, the fall, the winter. How did it change? What would it be like at this time of year? And then ask yourself, how do I get there? And what is what is my toolbox fallacy around this? Why am I doing what I'm doing that keeps me from doing that? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Thrive in the Future podcast. Check us out on our website, thriveinthefuture.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at thrivingthefute. And come join our community chat on Telegram. It has a link in the website. This podcast was produced by Scott, the Freedom Farmer, freedomfarmer.net.